Hello, I'm Fiona Sheehan, editor of the Irish Independent, and this is the Front Bench podcast, which has been counting down to the general election each week with Bertie Ahern, Nora Owen, and Pat Rabbit. On the final show before polling day, the, the Front Bench gave me their predictions for general election 2016 and what will it mean for the makeup of the next government and beyond. Bertie Ahern was very interesting on Sinn Fein and Fianna Fáil's strategy over the course of the campaign, nor on Fianna Gael leader in the Kenny's leadership, and Pat Rabbit on his concerns for the Labour Party and Mick Wallace's haircut. Have a listen. So, Pat Rabbit, tomorrow is polling day. Are you nervous about where the Labour Party stands now, given all, all the, the opinion polls that we've had to date? Or are you a, are you a great believer in... Phoenix from the flames in in the last few days of elections. Uh, of course, I'm nervous. Uh, mm. You couldn't but be nervous, uh, given the way the campaign has has uh, has worked out, and and given the polling prospects uh, for Labour according to the pollsters. So you know, you 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 have to be on edge uh, about it. Um, it's it's been a very difficult campaign to read. I I don't recall ever being here on the day before polling without being able to make a good stab at what's likely to happen. Uh, I'm not sure that I can make a good stab at it on this occasion. I can tell you how many seats are, are likely to be realised for each grouping and each party according to the pollsters, mm. but I don't know that that will be the outcome. Uh, or what the, that means. Uh, or what it means. Are you feeling nervous now at this point about the performance of the Labour Party in this general election? And what's your take on Joan Burton's performance in the leaders' debate the other night? Do you think that has benefited them? I think the worry is that it might have been late in the day. Uh, she performed better uh, in that third of the uh, debates than I think a lot of people had expected. But, uh, you know, the question is, uh, has, has, the, uh, has the campaign effectively, is the campaign effectively over uh, that late? Um, you know, it's been a, a strange campaign in that respect as well, in that it has been almost entirely presidential. It's the leaders of the parties. <coughs> Excuse me, forgive me. It's the leaders of the parties who have fronted uh, the campaigns for the uh, for their respective um, uh, candidates. You know, in previous elections, you would have main players mm-hmm. uh, on the front benches of the respective parties who would have had uh, considerable more exposure than has happened on yeah. this occasion. Yeah, Nora. Yeah, except that in the last few uh, last few days, all the parties are trying to put more yeah. people out. But that's that's to kind of get a get a blitz of, of of noise out there, I suppose. I mean, I I saw one analyst suggesting last weekend. The mistake Fine Gael made was centering their campaign around Enda Kenny, to which I kind of thought, well, he's the party leader, he's the Taoiseach. If you're not going to centre your campaign around Enda Kenny, who are you going to centre around? However, the, whatever about his performance, who exactly stepped up from the new generation of, of Fine Gael uh, in, in this campaign? I think in, in the last week, um, I think Simon Coveney has had good, good uh, airing on the radio and television. Um, and I thought he had done a particularly good interview this morning where the interviewer had a list of all the things that the government had done vis-a-vis cuts. And Simon gave, he said, well, you don't have a list of all the things we've done. And of course, mm-hmm. that's the nature of the way the debate goes. You'll be th- you'll be thrown, you've doubled the, the 
um, prescription charge, you cut this, you cut that. And none of the interviewers will say, and here's a list of all the good things you did. So I thought Simon was particularly good on that. Uh, Leo, I suppose, has been consistently there through it. Not as much as I would have thought he would be. Um, and Ender, you see, remember when the, when the election started, Ender was running kind of fairly high in the polls mm-hmm. as a leader. So therefore, as Taoiseach, you expect to be out there. And Bertie will know that as well. They expect the Taoiseach to be out okay. there at the front. Have we got, a ne- have we got the next leader of Fine Gael out of this election campaign? No, I think there's still I think okay. there's still a, 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 a choice there. And if there's one thing I wanted to say, but having lost my seat in 2002 yeah. and remembering the, the, the last day before the, before the votes are cast, it's a very difficult time mm-hmm. for all the sitting TDs. And I, all I can say is my sympathy is with them. My heart is with them because, you know, you wake up on Saturday afternoon and you suddenly find your job is gone. And that's a very difficult time, not just for the person themselves, but also for their family. So let's, I know we shouldn't really have much sympathy for politicians, Mm -hmm. but let's just think about what it's going to do to people's lives. That's not to say save all the seats or anything, but it is a difficult time for people. Well, <laughs> 500 into 178 don't That's go it. Yeah, so yeah. you're going to, but I mean it's not even 500 a lot yeah. of those are new candidates yeah. it's the sitting ones and just mm. I said saying to Pat you know Pat is I wish you the best of luck Pat because today is your last day as a TD um, you know you wake up and you've lost your seat or you've given up your seat and suddenly you say my God what, what am I now what do I mm-hmm. do next and that's going to be a, a question a lot of them are asking there's a lot of young TDs there young family people men and women who have children and all the rest mm. So, you know, just a little bit of thought for them. We'll, yeah. we'll kick them out as much as we can, but at the same time, a little thought for them because there's, yeah. there's a difficult time ahead for them. Bertie, let me, let me just take you up on that point about future leaders and, and, and people stepping up over the course of a campaign. Obviously, it's going to be about the party leader, but it's good to have a, a supporting cast. You had very strong front bench figures used to come forward. I recall meeting you the week after the, the general election in 2007 when you, when you said quite clearly, I believe Brian Cowan will be the next leader of, of, of Fianna Fáil, whether we're in government or, or not. Who out of this campaign across the main parties do you think, are you looking at it going, oh, that's definitely the next leader there? Um, across all the parties. I have to say maybe the name doesn't change in Fianna Fáil, but yeah. I thought Barry Cowan had a great, ca- uh, yeah. great campaign. Uh, he performed very well. And he, w- he was up against uh, most of the heavy hitters uh, across the, the, the parties. Um, uh, and and I, th- I think he, he, he did really well. Um, uh, Leo Vratka is a very able person, uh, but I'm not sure what happened to him in the election. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I've seen him being really, really uh, good, and um, but uh, I agree with Nora. It, it doesn't a campaign. He, you know, maybe it health. It, listen, health is a is a nightmare in every country, and uh, you know I, I know that because when we poured in the money into it, reckoning that it all be solved. The day I was elected, Tisha, we're spending four point six billion. The day I left, it was fourteen, and I used to think every time I went out in the street that that I, I cut it back. Um, and 30,000 extra people working in it, you know, mm. but you say, how, how, how could you get so much stick after, mm. after all of that? But, um, but Leo, I think, it, 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 Leo um, and Simon Coveney, I think, will, will, I cannot see a situation where it will not be between the, the two of them. And which of them had the better campaign, do you think? Um, uh, I, I don't think either of them yeah. had, to be honest. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think they're two very able mm. politicians, but if you want, if you, if my, my honest assessment um, of, of, of the campaign, I, I, I was surprised. I actually thought 
that the Fine Gael group, I think I had a view, maybe I'm not around at all anymore, but I had a view that if you were to take their top six or seven against the combined six or seven, uh, that they'd whip them in, mm. in the three weeks of debate. And mm. of For whatever reason, that didn't happen. Um, it, it, I agree with what Pat said earlier. The campaign just did not turn out the way it was. And I have to say, I was out and about a lot from Wednesday morning um, and I was finding it hard to find anyone who was still watching the end of the debate, okay. except except you know mm. people like myself who mm. <laughs> make a, a business of this. But there was an awful lot of people watching the start. Yeah. But they weren't. weren't and, and if you look at it just in hard terms, uh, there was four hundred and fifty thousand less watching it than the last debate. Yeah. Um, so if, you know, if the government performs poorly. <clears throat> I mean, the government parties, if they yeah. perform um, uh, behind their expectations. I, I'd say there will be regrets that uh, there weren't uh, more of the team that togged out, yeah. uh, you know, and played a lead role. Um, you know, frankly, it suited Fianna Foyle. Um, you know, their best performer was out front and, uh, you know, that, that suited them. Um, but I think the government parties may well regret that they hadn't a wider spread, for example, Nora made reference to Simon Coveney. Um, I heard Alex White give a very good interview yes. this morning mm -hmm. uh, and so on. And, you know, I think Howland, uh, Alex White, um, you know, uh, Jan O'Sullivan, Lorraine Higgins, Derek Nolan, Aon mm. O'Reardown, people like that should have been out more for the Labour Party. Mm. But I suppose Bertie's point is, you know, if you've Lionel Messi on your team, fine, you're going to put him out. But if you have a German defence against him, he's not going to he's not going to make the impact. And the point from the the Fine Gael side did seem to be they had a, a stronger squad, and yet we didn't see it over the course of the yeah, campaign. Yeah, but but I think one of the things like where, that where was Francis Fitzgerald for the well, section? Well, that's exactly who I was. I going think to she mention. got sidetracked. Francis on the, on got sidetracked yeah. on the gangland, and I think there was a kind of a fear that every time she'd go out. It would just become, you know, <coughs> what are you going to do about the gangland? And it, and it sometimes frightens people. But remember, too, that some of the heavy hitters in Fine Gael were also fighting for their seats. So I suspect that certainly early on in the campaign, they were betting themselves. I mean, look at Simon Coveney in Cork South, South Central. There's a seat gone. Mm. So you have five people going for four seats and you have a leader of a, of a party. You have a putative new leader, maybe. Mm. And, you know, we can see what's happening there. Two people are likely to lose their yeah. seats, two TDs. So there would have been that. And then the people in the back room, of which I was not one, would have been saying, well, Enda is safe, you know, yeah. let him out there. It began to emerge as he went on that his his attention to some of the detail was probably less than mm -hmm. top of the game. So they had to start putting people. I tell you who had a good election was young Simon Harris, mm -hmm. uh, a very able young man. And and if there is a government made out of Fine Gael and Labour, um, Simon Harris should certainly figure in it. I mean, he's a bright and amazing Stephen Donnelly and himself, both from Wicklow in the same constituency, mm -hmm. both very very good. Let me but put a let me put an alternative theory to you. Maybe maybe Enda's team didn't want another star coming forward in this campaign who would outshine the leader. There would have been a bit of that, I'm sure, because Enda has said he'll stay on as leader. Well, he has to stand anyway mm -hmm. to be re-elected after each election. Um, and depending on his, on the result, you see, if the result is below par. And at the moment, it's somewhere about par. I'm not a golfer, but, you know, it's somewhere mm -hmm. there. But if it goes down below into the middle or low 50s, which some people are saying it will, 
then Ender will have probably his own work cut out to stay there as leader and he yeah. might step back anyway. I remember 87 when Gareth Fitzgerald, um, none of us expected that. I was running for the Senate, driving into into, ble- into Balting Glass and at 12 o'clock news came on and it said Gareth Fitzgerald had, had stepped back yeah. and nearly died, you know, because, <coughs> excuse me, um, so, you know, you don't know so what's the election, ahead. So they may you, have been yeah. saying this is Enda's big moment yeah. and let's keep him out there in front. And he was going very well. I mean, the, the first week or eight days of the election, there was nobody saying that there was any problem with yeah. Enda. It began to kind of bottom out a bit. Now, all elections, we all know it. You get tired halfway through. You get sort of a bit mm. sort of low in energy. You need another sugary bu- mm. uh, bun every time you go out. But... Um, they began to bring others in. And mm. I think, um, you know, people like Simon Harris, um, pe- other good people on media like Regina Pascal, Doherty. Pascal, 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 Pascal wasn't out a lot. You know, mm. Pascal did a lot of, he did, he did a lot of radio programs. I know he was yeah, pulled in. But into, he was mm. fighting hard but for he, uh, and is but still. Yeah, but, but I think, Aren't he, you always? I think I the mean, programs, I think he's done well out of them because yeah. from what I hear, he's, he's come up a lot yeah. because of, he's been out so much. I mean, yeah. he took the view, it was better out fighting than... Yeah. On the airways, and, and yeah. I think he's, he's he could have well saved the seat. Yeah. Mm. What did you take anything from the leaders' debate the other night that that says to you that that that'll shift a, a, a bucket of votes? No, no, un- no. un- unfortunately not. But I'm probably the worst person to ask that because most of my time I was doing leaders' yeah. debates. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's difficult for you to gauge. And, and the two, but I I have to say I. I I watched the program closely the other night, but if you mm. ask me, did I ever feel ex- excited? Mm. Now, I did hold a zapper in my hand to say, would I go back and watch the highlights of, mm. of, of Barcelona match? But I didn't. Mm. I, I stuck I stuck <coughs> with it. But I'd have to say an awful lot of people I, I know went back to, to, to check how, how, how Messi and Maynard and the boys yeah. Um And there was no big... There was no, I, I really think, you know, but that the idea of four and the leaders' debate... It, it, I said it at the start, so I'm being consistent. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. Okay. Two uh, is much I better. thought it was a bad idea in, in the UK election last year and in the previous UK election. Um, uh, it becomes a star show and the Liberal leader had one great debate and, and then, uh, sure, that was the last thing he did as, as yeah. a Liberal leader. It, it, it really should have been between the two people who could possibly, whatever the likelihoods are not, but I think if it was a straight battle between End and Michal, um, from a point of view of the of the, the voter mm. and seeing not that they were going to trip each other up and make a big mistake, neither of them were going to do mm. that because they've been they've been at it for months and they've been through all the issues. And in fairness to both of them, they've a good handle on mm. the issues. And you know, but w- when it's four and then at one stage three of them were ganged up on and Jerry Adams and you know I could see Jerry smiling. I mean, Jerry, I know the way that guy thinks. He was delighted. Like if if there had been eight of them against him, he'd mm. even like that mm. more. Mm. Yeah, that's where he he, he plays uh, for that yeah. for that game. And, and Michal Martin's campaign. What did you what did you think? Michal had a great campaign. Okay. I mean, I I think um, Michal um, could have only dreamed that it would have ran uh, as well. I mean, I I feared um, that at the start of the campaign you were going to have these seven or eight heavy hitters, winter election, miserable lousy cold weather. And that Fina Gale were going to be in there with these heavy hitters, um, and they would kick people around. Like even Billy up against Leo the other night. Mm. If you had said a year ago, how would Billy do in that? I'd say, yeah. ooh, Billy did very well the other yeah. night. And, yeah. and that's not to take from Leo, but I just, 
I, th- I thought Billy did really well. And, but Bertie, what, you must yeah. remember that being uh, in opposition is obviously is. A, a, it, an I, easier I, I side that. of the table to be on I because you can, you can, okay, you're asked what you're going to do, but you can just okay. keep hitting yeah. at the yeah. things yeah. that were done. Yeah. And and I, I, I agree with Bertie. I don't know how many people stayed with the debate. Mm. It, it live and I, I do think Joan Burton had a good debate. She was calmer mm. and she, she got a few good points in. But it isn't really a debate as such. It's like a sort of each person gets a topic and they say it, you know, like like a competition in a school debate. You're speaking for the motion, you're speaking against the motion and you have three minutes to do it. They're, they're, with four of them, you can't really get them to delve into why they might have done something. And Miriam has to there mm. make sure. I'm sure there was somebody in her ear saying, hold it a minute, Jerry yeah. Adams has had four and a half minutes. So you have to yeah. cut him down now for by mm. two minutes. So it's not a, it's not an easy format. And there's mm. no doubt the zappers are great because you can mm. clip back over to one of your favourite other programmes mm. for a little while to give yourself some relief quick, and then back in again. Quick, just quick question, Chip. From the leaders of it, do they know all the questions? Because they all seem to be thrown by that that cronyism. Oh, you, you, told you, in advance you only get the areas. Yeah, yeah. You, you like climate the, change. Seems yeah, to be, they, they'll say we're, we're we're going to talk about Northern Ireland. Yeah. That's it. You know what angle are yeah. are you going to go from from, from the economy? Um, and they, they were. I think they were thrown on, on a few of them, which su- surprised me, me yeah. enough. But I think after they should the have had a general ha- inclination. So we're going to cover the environment, so therefore climate change should have been there. Yes, we're going yeah, to cover political they, they, reform. No, they, they should, should not have been surprised by, yeah. by, by, by climate change. Okay. Though unfortunately, climate change got kind of lost in in, yeah. in, in the. Of course, there, were, there was a time when Northern Ireland used to dominate. There's one point, but but I just think it's important. It was going to the end of the campaign. And it was nor related to it. I remember in 1992, I spent most of the time in the television studio. Um, it was Albert Reynolds was was teaching a tough enough election for for Fianna Fáil. We ended up with Labour, totally unexpected at the end of it. But um, the reason I ended up most of the time as Minister of Finance that was, but a lot of the candidates didn't want to to come up. A lot of the ministers mm-hmm. um, didn't want to come up. It was a winter election as well. I think that was February, and they they didn't want to travel. So mm. you ended up being being on and things that were not the, yeah. the, the, the the economy. So there there's a little bit of that. But one of the things I don't like, and this is probably my age, but um, I'll take that. But the the old days of the campaign was forty two. Okay, let's say today's world is forty constituencies, and the battle was going on in forty constituencies. Fianna Fáil were out there with their big teams. Fianna Gael were there. Labour were there. Few independents, not many. And the huge battles in the constituency. And it didn't matter an awful lot what was going on in the studios. Mm-hmm. Like the studios would be on about this or that. But anyway, it was of some relevance. But most of the canvassers and campaigners um, and candidates wouldn't be listening. They'd be out there fighting and trying to kill the bejesus out of each other in the constituencies. Now we seem to be going through a period. When is the next debate? Mm-hmm. When is the next poll? And the whole... Battle went. Now, it'll be interesting whether that is reflected in all of the, the constituencies. Yeah. I think it will, actually, mm. this time, because that's the way we seem to have gone. But I liked the old way, when it was 40 constituencies out there battling. Mm. A lot of people, like Fianna Fáil might have been doing well, but some Fianna Gael person came up and did really well because mm. they were good on the ground. Mm. But our campaign seemed to be turning into this thing. When is the next poll? When is the last poll? When is the next debate? And I'm not too sure that's great. The process. Can we ask you one thing, Pat, about John Burton? Do you think it was unfair to have so much of a focus on, you know, the pitch of her voice, what she was doing with her hands, and so on and so forth, as opposed to 
right, this is what she's actually saying, because she actually ended up addressing that point at a, at a, at a press conference uh, earlier in the week. Do you think, you know, Joan has basically suffered, basically, it's, these are not the comments that we made about a male leader. Well, I mean, if you're positing, uh, Fanon, that uh, journalists are going to focus on content, mm. I, I'll have to take a break and think <laughs> about that because I don't think that's likely to happen anytime soon. Uh, yeah, I, I must say... Um, you forgot to say with no disrespect in front of the... I know, no, he's <laughs> <just> <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I must say that, uh, that uh, starting out, I, I, I would have taken the opposite view I would have taken the view that it was an advantage okay. to have a woman leader yeah. in the climate and times in which we are, mm. you know, and the standing of politics generally and so on. I would have thought that, that a woman has the edge. But I think you also make a very fair point that a woman attracts the kind of attention and commentary that would never uh, would never apply to a, a male politician. And, uh, you know, that, that, that is still a fact of life uh, in Ireland and, uh, you know, inevitable. And it doesn't come just from male mm. journalists. Mm. You know, it's just a fact of life. So un- I think unfair. that would always have been a yeah. situation. But on the other hand, there is for it as well, because people vote for all sorts of strange reasons. And sometimes it can be as simple as I really liked her red coat or her blue coat and she'd had her hair done. I know that sounds frivolous to say, but I have met people who said I didn't really know who I was going to vote for. And then I heard Joan Burton, you know, she handled the comments very well with a little bit of humour and said, I'm not going to be doing Downton Abbey and the teacups. And I thought, you know, Joan doesn't come across as somebody who has great, huge sense of humour, you know, in in, in her discussions. She has the same hairdresser, I think, as Mick Wallace. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Now, 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 yes. A a different colour scheme, though. And and, uh, but I think it's for and against. And I think needless to say, during the heat of an election, things that don't seem to matter for the country's purpose come into the discussion and and people are saying, well, you know, we didn't like, you know, they looked untidy or they had, you know, they needed a haircut. I mean, I was watching one of the middle debates, I think, and I was saying to myself, Jerry Adams could do with a haircut and a beard trim. And the next thing, the next day, obviously somebody else saw it. And the next day you see him canvassing in a barber's shop having a haircut and a hair trim. So, you know, and, and the same thing would be nobody made yeah. that kind of comment. So fair but enough. Stylist, fair, stylist, Jerry yes, Adams. Yeah. But We're, one of the things I just wanted to make yeah. a comment on, because as I was driving in today, the posters, it is mm. unbelievable. Because each constituency has about 13, minimum of 13 candidates, no matter how small they are. Really you can't them, see them. Yeah. There's amount of money spent on I them. agree with that. Seven on a poll I counted on the way in, mm-hmm. which was the highest I could get. They all have to be down now. And even the taxi man said to me, well, will they leave them up in case there's a quick election? I said, no, they have mm-hmm. to be down. They'll have to be stored. But if you took a drive around now, Fiannon, to the depots of the councils, they all have different rules. The depots out in Fingal are full of posters, whereas in the city they seem to be allowed to put them on stop signs and mm-hmm. on yield signs. So there needs to be a little bit of balance brought into that and consideration. Regularity. What? Regularity. Regular- yeah. Regularity. Uh, moving on, so to beyond this weekend, what's the next government going to be? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, it, it's going. Today, I was talking to three guys, including that 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 good man that drove me in here, and he's voting tomorrow, um, Shinner, uh, because uh, he wants to rock uh, the old system. He said Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and Labour have been running the place since 
1920 and it's time somebody else will run it. And I asked him, did he seriously think there's shinners? I went, ah, nobody says she will mess it all up anyway. And that was the third time today I heard that. But anyway, I congratulate him on going to the trouble to vote tomorrow because I think it's important but isn't it interesting to vote. That, but isn't it interesting that there is that uh, mindset out there to the scale that there is? Mm-hmm. You know, a very significant proportion of the electorate uh, are prepared to vote recklessly uh, and let the pieces fall where they will. Um, y- you know, it, 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 it really is remarkable. It is not because they hold any great conviction that voting for people we won't name uh, is not going to advance their mm-hmm. family circumstances or contribute to the formation of a government, but they're going to do it to give two fingers to the system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we have uh, seen it, though, Pat, in, in previous elections where it wouldn't have been the people whose name we won't give, but when the PDs came on the scene, yeah. um, it became quite fashionable for people to say, oh, no, I'm, not, I'm voting for the PDs. Then the Greens came in and they gained on that and a lot of us lost our seats as a result of just a movement. In this instance, it's a much more serious movement because they're actually saying we're going to vote. I heard somebody giving out about their son the other day saying I was absolutely appalled when my son said, oh, no, I'm voting for Sinn Féin, like a badge of honour that somehow he'll kick the others to one side without any thought, as Pat says, of what that will do and where that will leave us in forming, in forming some kind of a stable government. I mean, they're talking now. I saw one headline in your paper where it said um, uh, the bearded one for Taoiseach. I mean, that's just nonsense. But on the other hand, with 130 candidates or something among all the, mm. the, the independents and that, you could technically say there's a government there, but can you imagine them sitting down and trying to form some kind of a policy? No, a lot of it platform. is completely nihilist. And it's, ni- uh, and it's nothing. It's can you nihilist. See Boyd Barrett sitting down with, you know, Jerry Adams, and, and then there'll be all this who's the leader and who's going to be mm. in charge, who's going to get the ministries. It just won't happen. Yeah. But so it's, it's but nihilist Laura, politics. Yeah. Lunchtime Monday, I think the it, it'll, again, the parties will have to. Uh, you know, when all the who has over, mm. they're going. They have to the, the famous old saying. You know, the will of the electorate, and if the electorate um, give them the dog's dinner, then they they are they are going to have to have a look at putting it together. Uh, and like, I mean, this, there's a few ground rules I think that are followed. If depending who's the biggest party, uh, if you believe all the polls, that 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 answer seems clear. Um, Fine Gael, it falls an end that to have first shot mm-hmm. at trying to put the um, the lines together. I have no doubt that the second thing would be fairly certain if Michal is in a fairly good position and he think he, he he will start trying to do the same, um, uh, and then you'll have a, a, a bit of playing for who's going to be leader of the opposition. I, I've no I've no doubt uh, Jerry will, will, will be trying to to get that slot. Um, uh, though I, I have to say, um, if 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 Jerry uh, had have taken um, early retirement, uh, I think the Sinn, Sinn Féin would be on a far higher mm-hmm. um, seats. I mm-hmm. think they 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 have blown ten seats in my view um, because of him. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and who would I, you who, who do you think would be the best of the new crop? Well, if, if it depends where you are. If, if if you're in Dublin, it's Mary Lou. Yeah. I gather if you go to a lot of the countryside, it's Pierce Doherty. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if the two of them were together in yeah. this campaign, 
Um, but the bad news for Fianna Gael and Mighton, or for, for uh, Sinn Féin is that those circumstances that found themselves crystallised in this election yeah. m- might be a totally different situation. So if they believe that tomorrow, uh, Asher, it's only another day and we'll have another day, maybe mm-hmm. next year or maybe in two yeah. years' time, uh, it could be a totally different circumstances. Mm-hmm. I mean, look how it's changed from where we were the last election, mm-hmm. where if we were sitting here the day before in the last election, Fianna Gael were on for a huge uh, Nearly vote as an and, and a historic government. one for the Labour Party. Yeah. So, um, And if we go back to 2007, where it was a great day for me. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea that it'll all stay well, um, I think in this circumstance... So you're saying the notion that you build from one election to another, you're never guaranteed that that yeah, will turn sure out that And you can yeah. tumble off the yeah. wall... Right well, we've down. seen that uh, in the case of, uh, of Sinn Féin that uh, Bertie refers to. Uh, in 2007, mm-hmm. they lost one of their TDs, came back with four TDs at a yeah. time when they had expectations of being a participant in government. And what has happened since 2007 as I have said before, is not uh, that we've united Ireland or anything, it's austerity. Mm. And nobody has more expertly exploited the mood out there uh, than uh, Sinn Féin. And their their boost is due to uh, uh, the the um, uh, difficult circumstances mm. that people find themselves in. Yesterday, um, I caught uh, uh, five minutes of the inimitable uh, Joe Duffy, in the car and uh, he's not standing this time uh, a man was on uh, I don't think it would pay enough no Uh, a man was on um, uh, whom I happen to know uh, explaining how he um, is going to vote independent and he was explaining that sure you can't uh, trust any of the parties Uh, all they say is that uh, they have to negotiate a program for government so they compromise and if the eurozone goes belly up and there's no money they won't implement any of their promises. Now, how could you have that, he says? You have to vote for independents that will implement their promises anyway. Mm. So even if there's no money in the cupboard, uh, the theory goes, we'll implement the policies anyway. And there are people, unfortunately, who believe that because uh, far be it for me to uh, start uh, saying anything about Sinn Féin that... uh, might be helpful towards them, but at least there's some coherence about them. I mean, the rest... They're certainly disciplined. uh, The rest Mm -hmm. are absolutely chaotic, uh, far from being principled. Uh, I would go so far as to say a lot of them that I won't name are very unprincipled and will do whatever in the Mayfain uh, category that is required. So the fact that people believe it and that voting for independence, you know, I mean, uh, the days of Jim Kemi or Joe Sherlock or whatever are gone, mm. where they bring down a government on a point of principle. Uh, the the independents today are going to, uh, you know, uh, go for longevity. Uh, but if it means supporting something awkward, mm. uh, they'll jump the fence. I mean, yeah. we've we've had that experience of people who even signed on. Uh, to support a particular government in the first squall over the fence. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that, that we haven't had a chance, but I mean, it's the, the transfer thing. I mean, listening to um, Sean Donnelly and Michael Marsh this morning, who have studied this thing up and down and in and out, 
you know, you can't poll somebody's fifth preference. You can't yeah. poll, you can't even, you can sort of see the number twos when people are doing the tallying and it'll give you an idea. But because there's so many candidates down the way, the, the transfers will be all over the place. So those fifth and fourth seats and even the third seat in, in some of the three seaters will all depend on people using the ballot paper in a way that gives their choices. Some will just vote one and two for the people they want. I saw a man on the telly last night saying, in an, say, an elderly man, and he said, oh, he said, we knew in Fianna Fáil what we had to do. One, two, three, and put down the pencil. Yeah. And, and because they, Fianna Fáil had a way of kind of intimating that if you did four for a Fine Gael or you were actually spoiling your vote. And, proper, uh, proper so you order. did one, two, three, and stopped. Mm. Now it's if there's only one candidate, will people stop at the one candidate or will they find somebody along the paper they'd like to give a transfer right. to? To wrap, I'm going to ask each of you to call your own constituency. So I'm going to start in tip. I'm going for Lowry. I'm going for Tom Hayes, Alan Kelly, Seamus Healy. And the only one I can't decide on is which of the Fianna Fallers is going to win between Matty Cal, uh, Michael uh, Smith. Jackie Cal and Michael Smith. Dublin Central. Uh, Mary Lou will, will head the poll. Um, and the independent seat... Um, is, is uh, Maureen O'Sullivan or Christy Burke um, uh, more people are telling me Maureen I, I still have a feeling that, that Christy is going to do better than people think and uh, the view now is that Pascal can get the third it, it'll depend a little bit what order people go out in um, but but uh, I, I think Mary and if Mary and and um, and Joe Costello go out um, in, and Pascal says ahead of them, mm-hmm. uh, they'll help to That's elect Pascal. Pascal. So I think the the view is at the start of the campaign, Pascal was was kind of dead and gone. Mm-hmm. But they tell me now that he's he's back he's back into it. But I I, I wouldn't write out um, Christy Burke, even though a lot of the party people of all parties yeah. are telling me that Maureen will win that. But we'll see. Okay, Tom North. Well, I think straight away, Daly, Claire Daly, mm-hmm. Darrow, Brian, Fafina Fall and James Riley. I think those three you could probably bank. Um, the last two seats, because Daly has somebody running mm-hmm. with her, um, it, I think might knock out Sinn Féin. They keep saying she might get a seat, this mm-hmm. girl, Louise uh, Riley. Riley. Yeah. But I don't think... I think Brendan Ryan probably will squeeze squeeze in because I think he'll yeah. be... Um, transfer friendly we have a lot of we have a, a lot of candidates down around Rush Lusk Balbriggan mm-hmm. and they might transfer in yeah. there the fifth seat I think will will be between Farrell our second Fine Gael candidate yeah. and um, perhaps one of the sort of independent there's a green lad he's not very strong but there's a fellow up in Balbriggan that if he can stay the, the course it could be in there so it's Daly O'Brien James Riley. Brendan Ryan and then the fifth seat between Farrell and one of and those Finnegan. independent. Okay, Dumb Southwest Pat. Well, the conventional wisdom seems to be uh, that uh, you can uh, take it for granted that there'll be two Sh- Sinn Féin uh, TDs and uh, and uh, Paul Murphy. Uh, personally, I don't think that'll happen. Uh, I think uh, there will likely be two out of that trio. Uh, I think you're likely to have uh, Sinn Féin, uh, Paul Topper, um, Fine Gael. and I think that uh, Murphy's star uh, is in the decline. 
I think that a great many, uh, the balance of the constituency has changed as well because of Dublin South, 27,000 voters into it. So the balance of the constituency has changed. And I think that, um, uh, you know, a lot of people who voted for Murphy in the by-election to give the government a kick in the transom mm. won't vote for him on this occasion. So really those last three seats, uh, I think ultimately Fianna Fáil are likely to win a seat. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I, I think the two lead contenders after that are Murphy and Labour. Okay. For the last seat. Okay. Very good. Pat Rabbit, your, your last day as a TD. Enjoy it. Uh, we'll see if you can. Thank you very much, Fanon. I didn't appreciate the significance of the day, although Nora told me uh, downstairs. Uh, it, is, uh, it is, as she said, a bit of a shock to the system to have been immersed in politics for so long. And... Uh, you know, I'm also the kind of uh, guy that needs to uh, have a place to go to to hang my hat. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. so it's going to be uh, it's going to be very uh, very strange indeed. Okay. Your wife would be saying to you, "I'm not going out today." No, my <laughs> wife said to me, "I hope you don't think you're coming home now." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my husband said to me. He was the one at home. But it is it's it, the best of luck to you, Pat, because it, there will be a few difficult weeks as you kind of adjust to normal life again. Okay. My thanks to Pat Rabbit, to Noron, and to Bertie Hearn. We'll be back next week uh, to analyse the, the fallout of the results whenever we think the counts might finish. So it could be uh, this time next week. Okay, thanks very much.